good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Have you ever thought of using the medium of just speaking into a microphone, but without the video? I'm curious about this because like, I fell in love with podcasts originally before there was ever this whole video component to it. And I realized there's something so primal and magical about having someone's voice in your ear. Um, And my favorite kinds of interviews still, very few people do it this way nowadays, but my favorite kind are when you're just talking into the microphone. So it's not over Zoom. It's not in person. It's just you in the microphone and the other person in the microphone and they're in your ear. Yeah. It's like the ultimate in intimacy. Oh, you the, mean from the interviewer perspective, that's still yeah. your favorite. Yeah, but I but it would be interesting also as with the kind of thing you're talking about of just speaking, like just you and the mic. I would love to be in person, but you can't see the person. I wonder what that's like. Good wait, wait, what do you mean? Like they're all there but behind a curtain? No, you or? just have your eyes closed. You just talk and you have your eyes closed or whatever you have. Because I think you still have get the same kind of chemistry because it's not just the visual. I I don't even know that because obviously I have trouble making eye contact. Um, (laughs) But I don't know if the visual stimulation is the necessary thing. There's something about the way audio travels that captures the intimacy where some people actually have headphones on. Like Joe does this, have headphones on. That's really intimate. Like there's something about that sound going directly into your exactly. ear. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. is something primal there. Yeah, for sure. I've, 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 uh, I've thought about it. Definitely. And some of my favorite podcasts are like that, uh, WTF with Mark Marin. That's audio only. There's, there's a few audio only podcasts that I just love. And what is that? I, I still go on uh clubhouse that, that was, a it's a social media platform where it's audio only. And it's so interesting that people, uh, the interesting thing about Clubhouse in particular is people from all walks of life can tune in and they just mm-hmm. yeah. have, it's it's uh, somebody needs to do some research in terms of introversion on that one because I don't feel any of my introvert um, like triggers happening mm-hmm. because uh, so nobody can see you, it's just audio and nobody is offended if you're just sitting there quietly just listening. So you can, you can participate whenever you want or not. Yeah, and, it's like the ultimate social freedom. Yeah. You can listen as much as you'd like. You can participate if you want, but you don't have to. It's no big deal. Yeah. yeah. Nobody can, yeah. like, if I'm actually at a physical party, somebody's going to look at me right. and be like, why? You know, there'll be that pressure to speak, but you don't have to in uh, in that kind of audio setting. And there's that intimacy. Like, you can, when it's audio only, it feels like you can reveal a lot more of yourself in some kind of honest way i don't know what that is what is that but i i what is i don't know but i i assume it's tapping into something really ancient like we used to tell stories around the fire like our whole storytelling tradition was oral originally so maybe so, it's that but we used visual stuff like that's true you could actually see the person on it the seems like it, of the, of the it campfire. seems like the visual element is so fundamental to, to, to social interaction but there is uh, something primal about audio. I wonder what that is. And still, that's why, I mean, most people listen to podcasts, I think, audio only. They have it in their ears while they're doing stuff. Yeah, that's how I do it. And then there's, yeah, that's how I do it too. And that's, that's where the friendship, like, is formed. It's weird. The deep connection with other humans is it's formed because they're in your ear. <laughs> uh, and you get to see them grow. You get to see them be bored, experience excitement and anger and fear and all those kinds of things. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. This, the world of podcasting is fascinating because we're, we're, we're in this world of essentially radio, even though we all have all, have all this high definition content, all this like TikTok style, fast stuff and still I know. And we still choose to do this. It's weird. At the end of the day, I think that's really what people want most is just to talk to each other and to know what people really think. And podcasting of all the media that I've ever seen is the one where people come closest to telling you the truth. 
and you know yeah. to telling you like the good and the bad and the bitter and the sweet and all of it especially long so, form there's not enough time yeah exactly i had to explain this to people like you talk to ceos and stuff they don't understand um they understand they're starting to understand much better now I, as a hard requirement with like ceos and stuff it's it has to be three hours i say like this <laughs> wow because uh there's something they they can't be doing marketing stuff for three hours. They break. <laughs> hey, y'all, what's up? It is I, MCM, and you are listening to your Probably Right podcast. I'm back again, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute, but it hasn't been a minute because I've had a couple things that were... Um, pre-recorded I guess I actually had one with a bunch of questions and I think I released it by accident when it wasn't supposed to come out obviously because it was an accident but um I don't know I guess it works out anyway so it's out there anyways and it is summertime here in Toronto so I know that listenership would be a little bit down for some people. I mean, we have the faithful, of course, but um, in general, it's down. But you know what? The good thing is um, I don't really make those podcasts anymore that are so time sensitive or time stamped or like I'm doing my best to put out content that is relatable whenever you listen to it you know what i mean when i started i started doing like you know the current events and stuff that was happening and you know i might look at some of the podcasts that i used to listen to and use them as um, an example a template on how to do my podcast so i used to listen to a lot of joe budden podcast they split up <laughs> so I got turned off and I got turned off earlier than that actually but um, I used to listen because it's like when you're listening to a podcast a lot it's almost like you get to know the people and you know you get to know their catchphrases you know their funniest jokes or the the most natural laughs that they had and those are so important for someone who listens to podcasts um, then you know Maul started getting into master classes and Lori was Rory was up on his um events and whatever those things were um and Joe was Joe and you know it just kind of all spread apart or whatever it is so <laughs> I just think how that sounds it's pouring a flat Pepsi y'all word to the wise when you're gonna buy a pop and I don't even advise you to buy a pop but if you go to your local uh, okay if you're in, if you're Canadian if you go to the local uh, shoppers drug mart um, never buy pop when they're only down to say 12 cases at the bottom of the skit if you understand so usually what happens is well i gotta take a sip it's just sitting here <laughs> sorry um usually what happens is they have skits now you know those wooden waffle looking structures that you know and I know a lot of you know what a skit is, but for those, you know, and there is no audio here as Susan and um, Lex were talking about earlier. Hopefully I got that clip put in because at this point I'm talking, I haven't actually uploaded it, but um, you'll know what I'm talking about um, if I do it properly. But um, a skit is what your products, products, your produce, whatever it is you're selling, your your items for retail, whatever it is, come in to the store on that. It's the wooden structure that's about uh, maybe four feet by four feet or five feet by five feet. 
and then they just stack all this stuff on top. Anyhow, so usually what they do is they put a bunch of cases of pop on top of case a case, and it usually ends up being somewhere between three and say five foot high of just pop. And what I've learned is the hard way, of course, is when whatever the supply is down, you know, because everything's on a short supply these days, and I guess that's how they're um, running game on us for for um, inflation is, you know, the basic rule of economics is supply and demand, right? For some reason, everything is in short, short supply, except for toilet paper, oddly enough. <laughs> and those of you who remember the beginning of the pod, um, the pod, the pandemic will remember that the one thing, a couple things you couldn't find was toilet paper and bottled water. Bottled water, not so much, but the toilet paper for sure, probably because the bottled water was just being poured out of the regular taps. But that's a whole nother story. But anyhow, I went to the store and I usually grab a case of ginger, ginger ale, ginger ale, <laughs> uh, Canada Dry ginger ale. And for some reason, the first time I went in there, there's no ginger ale. I'm like, what the deal? Now, I could have just gone to another shopper's drug mart, but I decided, you know what? Let me just try something else. So I did look at the Coke Zero. Um... I did look at some of the more fruity pops that I probably enjoy a little bit more than this stuff, but I realized that there is about 10 to 30 or 40 um, less calories per can in ginger ale. So I said, you know what? I shouldn't be drinking pop. I'm not a big fan of diet pops just because I know that some of the ingredients that they put in those things to make the flavor come up like it is sugar even though it says zero sugar um is not good for you as far as i'm concerned now what do i know who knows um but anyway so i'm drinking the last pop from that case of pepsi that had absolutely no carbonation and for a while i was thinking wow pepsi's changed but then I offered one to somebody yesterday and they told me that the pop, the pop is just flat. That's just straight up what's wrong with it. So what happens is if you keep cans in cases or just cans regularly beyond a certain point, one way or another, the most of the carbonation somehow escapes or at least when it gets old, I guess once you crack it, everything flies out at once and leaves basically no bubbles left in the thing. And that's what's basically happened. That was a long seven minutes <laughs> of me talking. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, remember, you are listening to your Probably Right podcast. You are welcome at my house anytime. Um, today is going to be a little bit different of a show. I hope you that I hope you that I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm really hoping I, I, I got to do it, but um, you've listened to what Lex, um, Lex Friedman and Susan Cain were talking about. And it, it was something like usually a lot of the visual podcasts, I, I tend to skip them a lot, like not skip them, skip through them. And, you know, every once in a while, there'll be something that really, really sticks on me. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this. So, you know, why I watched while I watched that particular interview on Lex Friedman's podcast, and I'm going to pull it up for a second because I want to get the, I'm not even sure if there's a correct name. Let's see. Okay. Does he have a name for it? Ah, that was my back. I wonder if you guys heard that back actually cracks no i guess it's just lex friedman but um i mean you should check it out now sometimes i send people to go to certain um podcasts now i'm not saying that i agree with everything i certainly don't i mean but um this was an interesting podcast also the one with douglas murray was interesting with lex friedman but um this one that I played the clip from was with um, Susan Cain, and it was number 298 with Lex Friedman. 
and it was called The Power of Introverts and Loneliness. And for me, it, it came at the right time. I consider myself uh, introvert to some respect. And, you know, it was good that they delved into the topic because I had a conversation with someone and I was talking about being an introvert and they were saying that um, an introvert's this way and I was saying introvert's that way when really what I was explaining is, I guess, my version of being an introvert. Um, I've learned to cope in certain respects so people who know me now will say that I don't seem like I'm quiet or I don't seem like an introvert. Introvert. The only thing they'll tell me is maybe that I'm anti or anti-social, depending on how you say the word. Um, but what I learned from these two introverts talking about introverts, and they brought up um, Leonard Cohen, the writer of the song Hallelujah. You know, the first time I heard that song was actually watching the movie Shrek, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the first time I heard it. Weird. But I learned that Lennon Co Leonard Cohen um, is a Canadian. He was a Canadian. He was a poet. He was, so they say, a tortured soul. But I mean, he left until his 80s. And I'm just learning and listening to his music and listening to some of his poetry. Now, what I did, and, you know, call me a keener or a weirder or whatever it is, but as they were talking, I'm the kind of person who will listen to people talk about something, and because I have control over stopping the conversation because it's a taped thing, I stopped um, the interview and then I went and listened to his biography. I went and listened to some of his poetry. I went and I listened to some of his songs. And then I, you know, was able to be right there with them, understanding what they were talking about. Even um, this song that he wrote and that he sung. And then another guy sung it live in Montreal called um, Famous Blue Raincoat, I think it was called. Um, it was really interesting. You know, um, but I, it opened my eyes to a lot of different things as far as how people look at certain things along with um, introverts. And I'm going to say this thing here that I, I heard them say, Susan said it in this interview, interview but um, I just wanted to speak it here and see if I have any reactions again. It's a strange time, and I decided to start this way because it probably makes sense for me. Um, but listen, it says, The highly sensitive introvert tend to be philosophical or spiritual in their orientation rather than materialistic or hedonistic. They dislike they dislike, sorry, small talk. Right there, that <laughs> that's me. I mean, and I'm, you know, a slow walk this thing. Um, I don't know that I'm so phil philosophical, but I am spiritual. I'm a Christian, as you, most of you know. Um, and I guess, yeah, I guess I can be philosophical sometimes as well. And... I'm not that materialistic and nor hedonistic. And, you know, I'm embarrassed to say it, <laughs> but I'm going to say it. And, you know, as Lex was saying, um, you tend to get the honesty from people. Now, of course, I will say that this podcast and all of my podcasts are for entertainment purposes only. And I hope that I don't offend, but one thing I did learn, or learn, or one thing I heard Jordan Peterson say one time is that when you speak, 
If you say anything of importance at all, really, you're going to offend someone. If you don't and you're able to, like, that's where his, his quote ends. I'm just adding to it. But I mean, if you sit on the fence all the time or everything you say is like porridge to food or, you know, water to thirst, although ne necessary, there's no taste in it. It's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, sometimes it's really tasteful if you're really, really thirsty or all you drink is water and it's certain temperature or whatever it is. But um, you're going to offend somebody. You're going to have a little spice, a little feeling, a little heart into what you have. There's going to be something, you know, a little sugar, a little salt. A little bark's got bite or something. Mark, Mike's hard lemonade or something. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I didn't know what small talk was. And then, you know, of course, I sat there and Googled it. I, I guess I never really listened. Like I say, I'm not much for small talk. I just always assumed that small talk was BS, which it basically is. But in the actual sense of what it is, is usually like, um, you know, it looks like rain today. Or um, a lot of snow sure came down. Or how's the weather outside? You know, stuff like that. Or how was your weekend? Even though they're not really asking how your weekend was, they're just saying it. You know, it's like, how you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. And then, you know, just the lame stuff. There's, it's like a world full of icebreakers. But all you do is continue to break the ice and you never really actually go and do anything with the broken ice. You just kind of just do that all day. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not much for small talk at all. I'd, I'd rather get right into it. Like, why were you fired from your job? Or how did you break that leg that I see you have a cast on? Not just so, are you OK? <laughs> you know. I want to know the story behind it. I want to know why you were running across the light when you got knocked over by that car. Like, what brought you out in the middle of the street in the first place? I don't want just, like, are you okay and whatever. I just, you know, I, I want the story. I'm not for small talk. I'm for big talk, I guess. Um, so much more interesting. Let's see. Let's, let me finish this uh, quote. <laughs> Maybe I should start again. I'll start again. Uh, and, I'm, and I'll do my best not to break into it this time. It says, the highly sensitive introvert tend to be philosophical or spiritual in their orientation. Rather than materialistic or hedonistic, they dislike small talk. They often describe themselves as creative or intuitive. Me. <laughs> they dream vividly and can often recall their dreams. Okay, sorry, I gotta cut into this stuff. I'm just trying to make this really relatable so you'll understand that whatever this is, or however she wrote this down, or whether she followed a lot of empirical evidence from a lot of surveys or whatever it is, she seems to have me down to a point. <clears throat> so yes, I do, as I said, it's like small talk. Um, I would assume that someone would call me creative. I mean, of the YouTube channels, um, singing. Um, I used to play instruments. Um, not very good at art, per se, drawing. But even in my way of singing songs, I'll do it in an artistic way. And I might sing one song for some type of presentation, even if it was just on Smule or whatever it is. I might try to sing it five to seven different ways until I have the one that I exactly want. So it's still a work of art. My emotions are in the songs that I sing. So yeah, the creativity is in there hundred percent and intuitiveness. Yeah, I can definitely glean um, when a mood switches or when something's up just by talking to a person. I think that's probably why the small talk doesn't do much for me because it doesn't let you really in. Even though sometimes when people just stay on the surface with that small talk, they still give off other kinds of signals. And I guess that stuff just interests me. 
and dreaming vividly. All I will say about that is I spent, for instance, I spent the entire summer of my, my 12th year, and that's 12 years old, trying to learn how to swim. And it wasn't until I would say early August probably, and that's after going swimming pretty much every day from say July for second until yeah probably about a month or maybe a little bit more of me trying to swim every day trying to watch people swim jumping into the deep end and hanging on to the ladder and all kinds of nonsense not knowing how to properly swim until the day that I had a dream that I was swimming and then the very next day somehow I just because I saw myself swimming in the dream I learned how to swim that day and I always tell people about it. I, the first day I learned how to swim, I beat all my friends in a swim race. True story. Same thing with um, the day I learned how to ride a bike. The night before, I had a dream that I was riding a bike. Yada, 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 yada. <laughs> the next day, I finally learned how to ride a two-wheeler. Same thing with my driver's license. I had a dream that I was driving, I don't know, a purple Corvette for whatever reason. And the next day I was going for my driving exam and I had failed it two times prior to that. And I got my license that day. So there is something to that as well. Really weird, but yeah, I, I'm assuming that this little um, quote here from her book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts in the World That Can't Stop Talking, um, there must be a lot of empirical evidence on this stuff because there's no way she could just peg all this by her thoughts i mean unless she's just a lot like me whatever it is um but yeah dream vividly uh, and can often recall the dreams the next day well these dreams that i'm telling you about are oh, some of them over over 40 years so yeah i can still remember um they love music as i told you i was singing a lot and i do sing a lot um, I do love nature, not that I'm out there all the time, but I do love nature and I'm fascinated by it and I tend to, um, yeah, it says they're, yeah, they love music, nature, art, physical beauty, yep, they feel exceptionally strong emotions, sometimes acute bouts of joy, yeah, sometimes, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you just feel so overjoyed over the smallest things sometimes and it's so wonderful when that actually happens because you may go years weeks months without even acknowledging the beauty of something and then all of a sudden it hits you as an introvert and it's amazing it's an amazing experience um but also sorrow yeah melancholy and fear Highly sensitive people also process information about their environments, both physical and emotional, unusually deeply. They tend to notice subtleties that others miss. Yeah, another person's shift in the moody, uh, moody, <laughs> mood, um, say, or light bulb burning a touch too brightly. Yeah, um, hopefully I read that properly. And I know I didn't. I promised that I wasn't going to cut into it. But um, let me read it one more time. I promise I won't say anything. Okay. <clears throat> the highly sensitive introvert tend to be philosophical or spiritual in their orientation rather than materialistic or hedonistic. They dislike small talk. They often describe themselves as creative or intuitive. They dream vividly and can often recall their dreams the next day. They love music, nature, art, physical beauty. They feel exceptionally strong emotions, sometimes acute bouts of joy, but also sorrow, melancholy, and fear. Highly sensitive people also process information about their environments, both physical and emotional unusually deeply 
they tend to notice subtleties that others miss. Another person's shift in mood, say, or a light bulb burning a touch too brightly. And yeah, so that's it for that. Um, that that mood, that sensing that mood thing is really annoying. I can honestly tell you. Sometimes, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes people draw attention to your gifts. And I do that with people a lot as well. Like, I'll say, wow, to someone, um, you have such an amazing memory, you know. I think how amazing of a student I would have actually been if I had half the memory or the amazing skill of being able to write so wonderfully and like all these things that I can't do. But with me, if I'm having a conversation with somebody and I have the intuition or a sense or I feel that their mood switches, it's really off-putting for me. Like, it's it almost like it, some people say it cuts your spirit, but it, it kind of does. It can cut the whole conversation for me because then it makes me want to take it into a total different direction or just stop talking. And <clears throat> unfortunately, sometimes you read it even wrong. I've been talking to someone and then I'll see them yawn. I'm like, oh, am I boring you? Or they'll shut down and won't be giving into the conversation like they normally would. It just feels like they're exhausted or I said something wrong. And sometimes, yeah, they're just tired or something else has crossed their mind. And sometimes, you know, unfortunately, you, your intuition doesn't always get it perfect. I don't know if those people sometimes feel self-conscious and have to try to stay a certain way around somebody like me because they wonder if I'm picking up on, <laughs> you know, what they ate that morning besides smelling their breath. I'll just know. But <laughs> that's a whole other topic. Um, but yeah, um, very good, insightful interview with Susan Kane and Lex Friedman. He has a lot of different guests on that podcast. I mean, recently the, he's had um, Jonathan Reisman, Douglas Murray, as I talked about earlier, Richard Wolf, Tony Fadal, Donald Hoffman, Demis Hazab, Hazabi, Haz, Hazabis, Hazabis, I think, Robin Hansen, uh, Dan Reynolds, Stephen Hotkin. Um, but like, and sometimes these guys are totally like <laughs> light years ahead of whatever it is that I think they're talking about. Like they're really, they really get deep into whatever it is. I know they go into, um, artificial intelligence sometimes in this podcast or a lot of technical scientific, uh, talk, but of late, he's really been getting into like Marxism, racism, um, the human body. So it's like, it's really interesting. And what's really interesting, and I know I'm talking about Lex a lot here. Um, I, I like it when Lex turns away from the person he's speaking to and he closes his eyes and he tries to think and now, I don't know if it's just a quirk or does he have to close his eyes so he can concentrate and see what he's talking about in his mind's eye, which is kind of cool because it just seems so more authentic and believable, you know. But hey, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. All right. So... About halfway in, I wanted to, hmm, I don't really know how to talk about this. So I've been here and there and talking about my, my sister who was diagnosed with cancer about 
a year and yeah, maybe a year and three months ago. And the funny thing is, they see what happened was <laughs> see what happened was um, they gave her three months to live after they diagnosed her. Now, the reason why we found out, and I've spoken about it on other um, episodes, so I'm not going to go into it that deeply, but what happened was she was hiding the wounds from the signs of breast cancer and was scared to go to a doctor which was really at that time a hospital because everything was locked off and shut down and being scared by the mainstream media that people were being locked away in hospitals and seniors homes if you remember and she didn't want this to happen to herself so she hid it anyhow as you know my listeners that it hit spread all over and one day she had a seizure because of the effects of it and gone to her brain and it's a, it's a really sad story i don't want to get into every in and out of it you know but um anyhow my sister has passed away so you know i look at these situations and you know somebody was offering me their condolences and i just said to them i like in times like these i don't really know what to say now what i was gonna say is in times like these i don't know what to say except if i'm talking on my own podcast which i didn't say that was the real answer i really wanted to say but then people say once you say on my podcast they say oh you do a podcast what's it called send me the link blah 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 but what i've realized is this um podcast is like another side of me and for some reason i'm not that enthusiastic to share it with people i actually know personally and some people may find that weird but i guess being the person i am i tend to compartmentalize my life so in other words if i was still playing hockey i would you know talk shop with my hockey friends or my hockey teammates or players or whatever it is if i was still going to a gym i would talk gym maybe relationships whatever it is stuff at the gym you know what i mean with people that i was close to people i always see at the same time at the gym maybe if i'm at church yada 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 home yada, yada you understand and i always say if you ever really want to know me you got to show up at my funeral funeral <laughs> that's if anybody shows up um because as lex sorry but as he was saying you know the audio form there's something primal about the audio form just audio form of podcasts where it's like you probably get as close as you possibly can to someone telling you the truth or their truth or what they think is the truth or just trying to be as an expressive um individual as possible to get a point across because you don't have the aid of the visuals you know reading you have hardly anything i mean it's totally dependent on what the person reads and how well their reading is even because they may read a word totally wrong or they may read the word correctly but not know what the meaning is or they may skip words okay so that's reading then you have the audio form of somebody talking to you or not even audio somebody obviously audio is there but talking to you there again your mind may wander and you may miss some words and if they're speaking to you live 
They may not necessarily know when you tuned out and you may not know when you tuned out to even ask a question. So you may just totally miss something. And then there's audio where you listen to a podcast like this or a radio and you can realize that you toned out something tuned out and something happened. So you can just rewind 10, 15 seconds. Like I tend to do a lot because when I really want to get down something, get something like packed down in my brain to understand the very essence of what the person is saying, I might rewind 10 seconds of something five times to get it, to really get it or to hope to get it. Um, so I don't even know what my point was. <laughs> this is why you need somebody else sitting there in the microphone with you. But um, yeah, so that's audio. And then it goes to the visual video where, you know, you can see a person smile on their face. You can see a person, you know, pick up the glass. You know what the color shape is of what they're drinking. You know, if there's ice by sight, not only, I mean, this could be a chain on my neck, right? <clears throat> when you're listening to audio form, you have to imagine. And generally people try to be more descriptive because they know that you can't see anything. So you get a clearer picture without actually seeing it. It's kind of crazy. So, hmm. So anyway, um, she passed away, and I have learned a lot. Okay, in my family, my nuclear family, <clears throat> the one that I was raised in, when I was born into it, there was there was six of us. And now there's three of us left. My father passed away first. My brother passed away two years after that. And now 20 years after that, not 20 years, let me say 20 years. No, that's, that's seven. Um, 15 years after that, now my sister has passed away. Oddly enough, those were the three healthiest people in my family. To this day, it blows my mind. And the funny thing is, and let me just give you a little history here. In 2005, my father passed away. Now, for him, it was expected. I mean, the man was turning 82, right? But the issue was he was actually sick for more than 10 years with Parkinson's maybe 12, 13, 14 years and deteriorated to nothing to just lying on a bed, you know, can't speak anymore. Just sitting there, just looking. Horrible existence for someone like him was such a hard worker. Always held, uh, ate healthy. Um, but I know he did work in the farms and I assume back in those days they had a lot of pesticides, so... People have found links to pesticides in um, Parkinson's, but that's what I've heard. Um, the second death was my brother. He was only 44. And, you know, I just look at it. And yeah, on that time when my brother died, my cousin, also a healthy person. He, she was the first person I heard talk about... Um, what is it called? It wasn't necessarily eating vegan. It was like the foods, uh, natural foods that they sell at like that Whole Foods store. Uh, organic and um, not even organic, other stuff. But the bottom line is, as I said, these people were the healthiest people that I know, period. As far as eating is concerned, watching your weight, exercise, they were the healthiest now weren't always but my brother 100% was he had his one thing that he would do but still when you hear when you know how healthy these people ate he my brother was uh, 
vegetarian for at least eight to nine years of his life. And then he still wasn't big on meat after that. Um, it just doesn't make any sense, you know, to see how my father ended, to see how my sister ended now. It's like, you know, my cousin my and my sister have both passed away. Um... And I guess, yeah, my cousin was also 44 at that time. My sister, 52. It's like, none of them had husbands. None of them had children. You know, it's weird. But it almost seems like that even takes away some of someone's life. Like some people think, you know, these kids are stressing you out. They're going to kill you. But for some reason, it's like not having those relationships, not having your own kids some does something to you and both those deaths were cancer so that kind of blows my mind a bit I guess with the passing of my sister it's a little bit different at this point because I've been sitting on it for now a week exactly and there's been all kinds of different considerations. Right now, I can tell you I'm at the point where I don't even know if I can, if I can handle the, the, the funeral. You know, I was saying to my oldest child today, there's like, I don't know if I can handle going and I don't I know for sure he didn't understand that because you know at, at very least you show your respects um you stand up as as I am the in this family the patriarch of the family now at this point and with another sick sister and an, another and and my last parent, my mother, um, also sick and old. I, I feel this one different than my father and my brother. Now, my sister is older than me, but I still looked at her as my little sister. And it's kind of strange. Um, people might not say so, but I mean, she was small in body frame and she was only two years older but a lot of time I looked like I was older than her one her how old she was um although with the good old masks the funny thing was I was asked a lot of time if I was her son but yet when she was healthy she looked younger than I did it was um I can tell you it was quite the experience but um, I've never been involved in planning a funeral. So I literally chose the resting place and dealt with uh, the funeral home. Wrote up the, got the contract written up. Um, the brochure that people give out, I typed that up and added a little blurb personally um this should be a couple of recordings of me singing sung at the funeral and it's like my my prints are all over it and it's like i don't even want to attend and maybe again people would look at this as um selfish but um oddly enough Sometimes you you judge people you know or people you don't know, but you judge. And then when the situation happens to you, you start to get it when you f find yourself doing things that you didn't think other people should do in the same situation that happened previously to, say, now. 
For instance, my brother did not show up at my father's funeral. And I can't say for sure why, but I still vividly remember him kneeling down. Now, my brother was taller than me by at least three to four inches, but I remember him kneeling down in front of me and telling me that, you know, he went to get his hair done because the people that we were going to be around are very judgmental on how, you know, my father and my mother's oldest son looked, so he had to go get himself straight for the funeral. And he didn't show up, and I was so angry. I didn't get why he couldn't show the respect to my father in death that maybe he didn't even properly show in real life as far as I was concerned. And um, notwithstanding the issues that my brother had in life, um, when you check through it, you understand a little bit more from his side. And um, But he didn't show. And he told me he just couldn't with tears in his eyes. And I didn't want to hear none of it. And now that I'm in a place with my sister... It's like I feel the same way. And I can't explain it. And hopefully for you who will be going through some of this in the future, maybe today you are. I'm here letting you know that I understand what you may be going through. I think I get why you possibly are not too enthused to show up at a loved one's funeral where everyone else might expect for you to show up and to accept the condolences and to be there to stand there for the rest of your family or whatever it is, your duties. But um, it's not easy for me and I'm still contemplating. Like, yeah, I'll go and I'll make sure she's straight and make the final decision of open or closed casket. And that's a whole nother conversation, knowing who my sister was. But I will tell you, it is very, 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 very difficult for someone like me to say that I'm going to be there um, and take part. But I can tell you honestly, desire is not for me to be there. And I can't explain it only to say that my sister and my mother are the earliest remember, remember, memories that I have as far as being alive. You know, because my sister was always around me when I was small, especially. Anyhow, I hope you're <laughs> taking this in. I had some questions that I wanted to read off, but I don't even know if I'm going to read them off. Um, because the questions are just, it's like 35 questions to ask to prompt, prompt memories of a lost loved one. And it's called, the website is Modern Heirlooms, Heirloom Books, sorry, dot com. Sorry. <laughs> Modern Heirloom, <laughs> Modern Heirloom Books dot com. And um, yes, yeah, so they have these questions, but. Let's see. And it tells you ways to do it. Like it says you can use a mini audio recorder or the voice recorder app on your phone to create to capture conversations about your loved one. Make sure everyone is seated close enough to 
capture, be captured by the microphone. Is that what they did there? Oh, they're looking through pictures on that picture. Okay. So anyway, let's just see what the questions were. Now, I'm sure some of these questions I can't even begin to try to answer, but I'm just going to go through a couple here. So it says, introductory questions about the deceased. Let's see. They got, how would you describe the deceased? Deceased. It sounds so no, formal. So cold. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even begin to do this on here. And I'm not going to have another uh, tear-up session on my podcast. But um, I'll say that much anyway. But my sister was a sweet person. She was a woman... Full of anxieties, fear, um, respect, etiquette are very important to her. Very polite, always saying thank you. One of the last videos I have from her is her saying thank you and then slightly giggling at me raising my eyebrows as we were looking into my phone and I don't even know why I have that video but I'm so lucky I do so happy I do and um just a wonderful sweet gentle soul never heard her ever swear and no bad words ever that I did I ever heard and I can honestly tell you I've heard everybody except for my little ones where in my family except for maybe my sister and my father um what is your favorite memory and I'm just going through a couple of these guys hmm I would just say my favorite memories are all of the times that I successfully made her laugh. Because one thing about me and my family is that sometimes I would tell cynical jokes or use sarcasms to crack my sisters and my mom, my father up. Especially my sisters and my mom. It's just like tough crowd. And if I could figure out how to get them laughing their head off, it was like the, the best. It was like wonderful for me. You know, it was like Christmas. What did you call them? Any nicknames or terms of endearment? Yeah, I just shortened their name. I didn't have any um, nicknames. Although I used to... <laughs> um, you could probably glean what her name was, and I think I've said it before, but I'm not saying it today, but I used to call her Wardry <laughs> with a W uh, when I was a little kid. <laughs> Did he or she have a pet name for me? No. I was just, <laughs> again, I was just called the short version of my name. Is there a particular lesson learned from the deceased? Certainly. And the lesson is the listeners. <laughs> the lesson is for the listeners. It's funny I put those two words together. It would be live your life because you really don't know how much time you have and live it well and don't think for an instant that life is a Disney movie. It may not end well. And that what goes around comes around. 
Sometimes what comes around didn't go around in the first place. So you may live a spotless from a moral standpoint or for what the world might call morally good. You may live that life wonderfully and you may meet a horrible end or you may live brash wild and crazy and live a long life and have a wonderful time at the end for whatever reason but when I look at the response of the different deaths that I've experienced the funny thing is although out of the five to seven people that I've attended their funerals or known very well that passed away my sister knew the fewest amount of people but yet I've heard more of a outcry of condolences of shock although she was sick for over a year in this passing than I have of any other even my brother who knew a lot of people who passed away suddenly who my and my dad my dad who was sick a lot longer as well um so happy I know the God of the Bible I'm so happy that the Lord Jesus is my is my Savior my King I'm so happy that I've been given the faith to believe in him because you just don't know what life is gonna is gonna do you don't know where it's gonna take you you don't know what dumb mistakes you're going to make that are going to affect the rest of your life until you made them and until they're affecting the rest of your life. And I understand that a lot more now. I realize that I really had no clue about any of this stuff until now. And I'm sure there's so much more that I have to learn that I'm not looking forward to learning about this experience at all. The last question of that introductory part or section is saying, how long did you know the deceased? And the one story that I've been telling is my earliest memories are of my now deceased sister and my mother. More than my father and more than my other two siblings who were at least eight years older than I was. I definitely feel better for knowing my sister. She was such a better person than I have been or ever will be. Life. Life can really throw us for a loop sometimes. Anyhow. I'm not going to go into any more of those questions, but um, if you do have to write a eulogy, this website might be a good one to go on to because it touches so much of the questions that you might think are answered in a eulogy, even though I have no intention to eulogize my sister nor present it to the public about my sister because my sister was a private person and for some reason I'm, maybe I'm selfish in that way I just want to tuck her away except for maybe my kids or close family members who want to know certain things it just doesn't seem like I need to be out there with her whole life it's just my feeling at that point or at this point anyhow thanks for tuning in to your probably right I am C. I am I'm MCM and I'm hoping to see and listen to you or have you listened to me 
<laughs> again. You know, the funny thing is I'm talking to this microphone and I can hear myself and it again, the latency is just off. So it's throwing off my speech to some extent as I try to wrap up this show. <laughs> Anyhow, as I said, this is your probably right podcast and I am your host MCM. As I said before, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only the stories and the things that I say may or may not be true. If you want to judge me on them, go ahead because you're probably right. Take care. Oh yeah. Don't forget. If you have a loved one, make sure you tell them that you love them because you never know when the last day you'll see them and the last day that you can communicate to them this important message or the important deeds that you do to show that you really do love them or the day that they'll be able to actually understand that you're showing them love so love those who you love if you understand what I mean take care Come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. <laughs> I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not-so-tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, Sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table. Torontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. <laughs> Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon. <laughs>